0: Hey, if you have your Bible, if you will turn, turn, turn with me, uh, sorry, to the book of Ecclesiastes (laughs) Ecclesiastes 3 as we continue our sermon series. Uh, That song, uh, hopefully uh, it sounded familiar to you, was actually first written by a guy named Peter Seeger, no relation to Bob Seeger, spelled differently in the 50s. Uh, and the lyrics he took right out of Ecclesiastes 3. I don't know if he had a little bit of a writer's block or something. You know, what do I, what do I sing about? What do I write about? Boom. Ecclesiastes 3 makes a song that the Yardbirds would pick up. Uh, the Yardbirds, uh, one of American folk rock bands of the 60s. And that song became number one on the charts. you ready for this? Those of you who know it? December 4th, 1965. Now, why do I find that intriguing? I was less than a month old when that was number one. Uh, in the early service, my son Caleb came, uh, sat next to me as soon as it was started playing. I'm like, hey, Caleb, do you know this song? No. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, this was number one when I was born. He's like, so how should I know this song? Are you kidding me? Dad, you're as old as dirt. Um, Hey, it's a a song that tells us a gospel or a Bible truth that there is a season for everything. That life life has times, life has a flow to it in every one of our our lives. As a matter of fact, it's going to say this. It's going to say, there is a time for every matter under heaven. As we've been studying the book of Ecclesiastes, that phrase under heaven or under the sun is very important for us to understand. It's basically examining life without God. It's basically looking all of life and say, what is life like without God? What is it like under heaven? And you're going to realize, wow, there's a lot of seasons and a lot of changes, and aren't we going through all of that? Let me stop and ask you a question. What season are you in right now? What what does your life look like? Is it a season of joy, a season of mourning, a season of happiness? Uh, What season are you going through? When we look at the Bible, we realize that time is God's idea. I mean, time is God's creation. He is the one who created it. But it's more than just that. God not only created time, that God governs time. He governs every season of our lives. His hand is in everything. There's not one second that, that ticks of time that, that God isn't reigning and ruling over, even in a fallen world. And that should give us hope. But it's more, it's more we're going to see than God just created time. It's more than God just governs time. We're going to see that God redeems time. And God takes time. And, and, and through the work of his son, it's amazing, but he's going to make everything beautiful in its time. Basically saying this, everything in your life is still broken. Everything in your life is still empty. Everything in your life that you still just can't add up and make sense of. Everything that that keeps you awake at night. God says, I'm going to redeem. I'm going to make it beautiful in its time. And the only way that God could do this is he's the only one who's outside of time. Uh, He's the one who has created it and he has the power over it because God is outside of time. Well, we've been journeying together through this book of Ecclesiastes and what an incredible book it is. I mean, for many of us, we look at this and say, wow. God had courage to put this in the Bible. I mean, this, this book really asks some very, very difficult questions about life, about everything that happens under the sun. And boy, is the writer honest with it. The writer calls himself a uh, uh, preacher or a teacher, depending on your translation. And we're led to believe by the writing of the words that it's Solomon, or at least somebody with a mindset of Solomon. And it helps us to remember what the Bible says about Solomon. I mean, Solomon was the wisest person who ever lived. And Solomon is the wealthiest person who ever lived. I mean, he had it all. And so it's his investigation as the wisest, as the wealthiest of what is life really like underneath the sun? And he comes up with some really interesting evaluation and conclusions. He says this. He said, everything is vanity. Everything, it could be translated, is meaningless. Everything under the sun, apart from God, it's like vapor. It's like, it's like a mist. It's nothing to it. And he says, not only that, but all the things that we toil for, uh, the gain of all of our work on earth under the sun, apart from God, it comes to nothing. He basically says this, there's no take-home pay. If you take out the expenses of life and how much life is costing you, and at the end of the day, without God, you see what you have left, it's The big goose egg. There's no meaning. There's nothing gained. There's even says there's nothing new. I mean he tells us that that life feels like Groundhog Day. You know that movie that kind of over and over and over again you're living that same day over and over again? And he even says this it's like nothing's remembered. All the things, the great things you do, they're gonna forget it. I don't even remember your name. That we're a kind of people that don't even remember the bad things of life. We repeat them. Over and over and over again. Well, the preacher in this passage, the teacher, he says, you know what? I'm going to try wisdom. I'm going to give my life over to wisdom. I'm going to do all the things I can to try to solve the life that is around us by wisdom. And here's what he said. You know, this world is so broken. It's so crooked. And just being smart and having wisdom, I, I couldn't make straight that which was broken. And then he says, and I couldn't add up. That which doesn't make sense. He tried wisdom, but he couldn't find what he was looking for. All right, so we looked at that, and we looked at U2's song, Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. That would certainly have been his mantra. So then he turned to pleasure. The one who had all the wealth to seek after the world. He was running down the dream. He was running down. This is the only one who succeeded in the American dream. Wine, women, song, had them all. And plenty of them. And he lived the American dream, the dream that we were told that's going to give us life and fulfillment. And guess what he says? I came up empty again. Nothing. You see, Ecclesiastes is a beautiful hand of God, a beautiful work of God that that allows us to meander through life. It allows us to, with this preacher, to go on a journey that, that goes throughout the world underneath the sun to leave us empty and longing for more. And to realize that, that once we come to the conclusion that at the end of the matter, that, that life is about our relationship with God, our fear of him and trusting in him, and that in Christ Jesus, in the Son, unbelievably, all of a sudden, everything has meaning. All of life has purpose. You see, God and God alone, the one who created time, the one who created our lives, he's the only one who could make sense out of this all. So let's look to Ecclesiastes chapter 3 to see God's word. We're going to look to verses 1 through 16 this morning. These very words became a number one hit uh, with the birds. I mean, they took these words, put a little cool, little folk tune with it. And uh, there in the 60s, where everybody wanted a change, they all wanted peace. Uh, uh, this became a number one seller. But these words are just more than just a cool, catchy poem. that becomes cool. a pretty interesting song. These words are God's words. and Although they were written a long time ago, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. So this is what this means. That whoever you are and wherever you've been and, and wherever you find yourself in any season of life, as you're sitting here right now, God wants to speak to you. And he wants to speak to you, not just with this number one catchy tune, but his very words. Because he wants to remind you that the season of life that you're in, he's there with you. The season of life that you're going through, he's governing it and he's redeeming it. So let's look to God's word as we see these words uh, in in verses 1 through 16. Hear the word of the Lord For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. We're probably thinking, what in the world does that mean? Commentators look at this in a lot of different ways. Some would say that these are stones of war. Casting stones into your enemy's field so they can't have a harvest and a time to gather them. Some will say that there's even a sexual reference to that. I don't know. But it's a time, it says, to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Looking at that poem, he goes on to say, What gain has the worker from his toil? I've seen the business that God has given the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he's put eternity into man's heart yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. But I perceive that there's nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken away from it. God has done it so that the people fear before Him or have a loving awe of Him. That which is already has been. That which is to be already has been. And God seeks what has been driven away. Let us pray. Father, we thank You for this beautiful segment of Scripture. And God, we thank you for how it lets us know that as human beings, we're going to experience the entire gamut of emotions in life. But God, it, it tells us more. It tells us that behind every season and behind every event and behind every emotion and behind everything that we experience is your hand, is your presence, is your goodness. And God, if, if we can see you through the seasons and, and we can know that, that you are there and that you're you're redeeming what is broken and that, that you and you alone have the power over even time itself, we can have hope and we can have joy. And so God, I pray for each one of us, no matter what season of life we find ourselves in today, that, that you would come and you would meet with every single one of us. That you would give us the ears to hear your voice that You would give us the minds to understand Your Word, that You would give us the hearts to embrace Your truth, and that God, because You love us and You're with us, that You would give us feet that, that walk in obedience to Your name. Father, the things that I say that are wrong are merely my opinion. May those things fall away and be forgotten quickly. But the things that are said that are true, that contain the good news of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, would You use those very things to make us like your beloved Son, our Savior. And it's in his holy and matchless name that we pray. Amen. If you want to follow along with me in your uh, bulletin, you'll find an outline of my sermon this morning. And the first thing we're going to see this uh, is that God governs our time. That God's hand is, is in everything, every season of our lives. And this should give us peace. And we see this so beautifully portrayed in verses 1 through 8. In this section of Ecclesiastes, uh, the writer turns from kind of prose to poetry. And he's going to use poetry to describe every season of our lives. And he does it in a miraculous, beautiful way. Are you a poet? I mean, I don't know how much I'm into poetry, but you look at this clearly and you realize that he's going to repeat the phrase, time, time, Twenty-eight times. And the way he's going to do this is he's going he's to look at seven couplets. He's going to look at seven contrasts. He's going to look at seven parallelisms twice. So seven times two times two, two, you get 28. And what he's really trying to tell you is this in the midst of the poetry. If you've lived more than 20 minutes in life, if you've been around a little bit of what we see under the sun, you're gonna experience the full spectrum of emotion. I mean, you're gonna expect, you're gonna experience times of joy and times of just absolute brokenness. You're gonna weep, you're gonna laugh, you're gonna dance, you're gonna be confused. I mean, life is gonna have a full spectrum underneath the sun. Why? Because we live in a time where everything's cursed, everything's broken. It's interesting, he starts off, there's a time to live and a time to die. Well, God created us and created everything good. And he looked at his creation. and He says, it's good and it should live. But we rebelled and we wanted our own way. And because of that, we live in a time where everything is tainted. Everything's broken. Everything's marred. Our best day, we still have longing. There's the, the just wanting of more. And he's going to portray, this is what life is now like underneath the sun. This is what it's now like, that a curse has come. Everything has been broken. But God is going to tell us, but listen, but there is a time for everything. There's a time for every matter under heaven. He's going to say, for everything, there's a season. I love the answer my nephew gave when his teacher said to him as a young boy, hey, do you know what seasons there are? He goes, yes, Do you know how many? Yes. They said, well, the teacher said, Oh, there's four seasons. Can you name them? said, of course. There's the football season. There's the basketball season. There's the baseball season. And then he wrestled to try to figure out what was that last season? Some of you may say soccer. I had an elder pull me aside after the first service and said, it's the wrestling season. Pray for our elders. What is that all about? Well, everything there is a season. Do you know what season we're in? Does anybody know what season we're in? Spring, spring has sprung. Pull out your whites, pull out your pastels. Spring is here. Uh, the first day of spring, I got a text from a dear friend in a uh, hometown in upstate New York: "Snowing. Four to six inches. Spring on the calendar. Winter in their life. So what do I do because I'm a kind, loving person? Text him our weather forecast. (laughs) Doesn't feel like spring either here. 90, something happened. I think we weren't right this summer. Well, the reality is this. The calendar may tell us something about seasons. And there's some truth to that. But really, it's not the calendar who dictates the seasons. It's a God. It's a God who is in control of all things. All of us need to realize that time truly is in his hands. Because he's the one who, who created it. But it's more than a God who just creates time. It's a God, listen to this, it's a God who made us in his image, are you ready for this? That wants to travel through time with us. The God who will say, one of my names is Emmanuel, God with us. The God who is with us, the God who loves us, the God who, who can't stop thinking about us. He's the one who journeys with us. And he's the one who's in control of every season of your life. Can't life seem so random? I mean, can't life seem so pointless and ever-changing? I mean, I think about this formula. What it says in this passage is very interesting. He says that God has put eternity in our hearts. So there's a longing. There's a, there's, there's a need. There's this huge vacuum in our hearts. Why? Because God put eternity in our hearts. And then he says, and by the way, there's going to be all these seasons of change and change and change and change. And they're going to revolve and revolve and revolve. And you start thinking, oh my goodness, you got a huge empty hole called eternity. And all this change, does it lead us to despair? It would if we didn't know that God was in control. Yesterday, I had the full Monty of a a pastor's day a funeral and a wedding. I experienced both the mor- of, of mourning, a season of mourning and literally a season of dancing within a few hours of each other. But it's amazing that the seasons of our life can collide like that, not just in a pastor's life, but in your life too. And even, even in a season of mourning, even at a funeral, it breaks your heart that a 65 year old woman that's way too young goes to be with the Lord. There's still a season of laughter. There was still some time, some stories shared that, do you remember? And, and, and don't, you for, don't ever forget what happened. And, and it's amazing how God allows these seasons to collide, even in our lives, even in our, our, on our morning, there's signs of joy and laughter. And then the wedding. Wow. It was one of the most beautiful weddings I've been a part of. One of my favorite people in the whole wide world, a, young lady by the name of Kate Hammond. She was in my student ministry back in my youth ministry days and been a teacher here at Orangewood Christian School and and a lot of us have been pulling for her to get married because she's she's awesome. She's Kate Hammond. And God answered that prayer yesterday and and when she started walking down the aisle, can I tell you when I saw her? I cried a little bit. And it's hard for me not to. Every time I see a bride, something happens because I see the, the picture that God sees of us in Christ Jesus. And it's, it's amazingly how beautiful he sees you and me. But there was Kate. And there was Kate. And this was her day. And, and there was so beautiful. And everyone was there. and It was so wonderful. Well, not everyone was there. My friend and a mentor in my life, a, f- a former elder here in Orangewood, her, her, her dad, Dave, he was with the Lord. He lost his battle to cancer several years ago. And man, as I watched her brother Mark so nobly walk her down the aisle, I wept a little bit. Oh, there was a weeping of beauty and there was, there was a weeping of pain. The weeping of pain that even, and even in the midst of a day that was there to dance and to celebrate, there was brokenness and longing. But there is also God. You see, God just doesn't set the the times and the seasons of our life and walk away. We do not have a God who just winds the clock and steps back and says, good luck with that. We have a God who governs. Listen, he governs every time, every season of our lives, even in a fallen world. Even in a fallen world, the truth of God's people, every one of you is going to experience pain. And some of you are experiencing it right now. And we're going to experience sorrow. And some of you right now are choking back tears and, and even death. But listen, the beautiful thing about God is in the midst of it all, in the midst of the sorrow, in the midst of the, the tears, in the midst of the death, God rules over everything. There's not one second of time, not one second of time that God isn't governing and ruling over. All things, all events, all seasons, everything in your life is completely in his control. Doesn't miss a thing. You know, it's God who tells the ocean tides how far they can go. Have you ever sat on the beach or sat there and just watched and, and wonder as the, the waves and the tide comes in? And you want to say, well, well what, what causes it to stop there? And you can maybe think about the moon and the lunar pole or whatever. But God's word says this, it's him. It's God who's the one who says, the tides can only go right here. The waves, you can't go any farther than this. It's right there. It's it. It's as far as you can go. He's the same God who says to every season in your life, "That's as far as you can go. For those of you who are in sorrow and pain and darkness, there's a God who reigns, there's a God who rules, there's a God who loves, there's a God who is with you, there's a God who is for you. And whatever season you're in, He's saying, that's as far as it can go. No more. You cannot cross that line. And whatever season He has you in, you are not there alone. He journeys with you. Those of you who are in sorrow, know that not only are you are not alone, but God is ruling and reigning. And I don't know why he has allowed some of us to prolong that darkness for so long. And I, I don't know why some of you have had just days and months and years, it seems, of, of heaviness. But your God says to you, I'm in control. And those of us who have seasons of joy, I mean, those of us who right now, I mean, man, things are good. I mean, you got that bump at work, you know, you got uh, a roof over your head. Your kids are not acting crazy right this particular moment. Um, Job seems to be going good. Your bracket's not busted yet. I mean, for, for those of you who, who have joy, celebrate it. It's a gift. Don't, don't mourn it. Celebrate it. If things are good right now, if uh, things seem to be uh, in, in ship shape, guess who got them there? God did. And guess who wants you to enjoy it every single moment of it, even eating and drinking, enjoying the simplest things, it's God. Enjoy it. Because we don't know what tomorrow brings. I know one thing in my life, I'm one phone call away. I know it's true for you, but it seems like I know that any moment my phone will ring and and I will usually be called to a place of deep brokenness. A a place that life kind of stopped and its season radically changed. And I, I have the privilege of showing up Not with the gifts and skills of my own, but in the reality that God is with us and God is for us. You know what that calls us to do through all this? It calls us to walk by faith. Walk by faith. Wherever you are, it's not random. Walk by faith. You're not alone. Walk by faith. He really is in control. And this should live every moment in God's peace, even, even when it looks like we shouldn't have any peace. And this is what God says is, is peace that passes understanding. It's when life doesn't make sense and everything seems broken and we just know that God's still there. And I'm going to walk in the darkness by faith. But we have more than just faith because God not only governs our time. You ready for this, God? He redeems our time. We see that in verses 9 through 13. God redeems our time, and that will give us joy. Well, how does God redeem our time? What does that mean? It's a kind of a Christian-y, church-y word. Well, redeems our time means that he's buying it back. It means basically this, that God is going to make everything beautiful in its time. It means this, is that God created the world. It was beautiful, it was right, it was whole, it was perfect, it was harmonious. And we sinned, and it messed it up, and everything is broken But God says, listen, don't fret. I'm going to fix it all. I'm going to fix everything. Every tear that you cried, I'm going to redeem. Every sorrow, every sigh, every sin, every brokenness, every darkness, God says, I am going to make beautiful in his time. How does he do it? How does God take our junk and make it beautiful? You ready for this? He steps into our time. Not only does God create and govern time, He steps into our time. I want you to hear one of my favorite passages. It's Galatians 4, 4-7. It says this. But when the fullness of time had come. Did you hear that? The fullness of time had come. Oh my goodness, there's something here about time that we need to understand. It's like time has a gestation period. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, we called her Mary, born under the law, to redeem, to to purchase back, to make beautiful those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because we're sons and daughters, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts so that we can cry out, Abba, Father. So because God is redeeming time and has redeemed time in Christ Jesus, you and I are now sons of the king. He says this, So you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if you're a son, then you're an heir through God. Is that good news? I mean, God is saying, Listen, I'm going to redeem it by becoming one of you to rescue you. When you hear the fullness of time, our hearts just start to flutter a little bit. You want to say, well, what does it mean? Do you know what it means when he says the fullness of time? It means this. Time has a point. Time has a meaning. Time has a purpose. Every season has a point, a meaning, a direction. God is unfolding his plan. As we're going through time, it's not random, it's not pointless. God is not only with us, he's unfolding the plan to make everything beautiful in its time in Christ Jesus. You're not just spinning in oblivion. You're not just in a dark hole by yourself. God is making everything beautiful in its time in Christ Jesus. So we ought to walk with joyful purpose. I mean, not just walk with faith, but walk with joyful purpose. He says this, be joyful. God has given you the gift. (laughs) Wow, did he give us a gift. He's given us the ultimate gift of his son to redeem our lives, to redeem our time. Every season of sorrow, God will redeem it. And here's how he does it. Ready for this? Jesus, the man of sorrows. Bible calls Jesus the man of sorrows. Why? Because He came to be pierced for yours and my transgressions. He came to be broken because of our iniquity. He came to take everything that was wrong, everything that was broken, everything that was defiled, and He became that defilement, that brokenness, that sin for us. I mean, so that we we could become beautiful in God's sight. We could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, the man of sorrows tasted our sorrows so that we could taste God's joy. He tasted death so that we could taste life. He did that saying, I'm gonna make everything beautiful in its time, including you. So walk with joy. Do good as long as you live. Do good, why, so God loves us? No, do good as long as you live. Listen to this, because God loves you, because God is with you, because God is for you. Do good as long as you live, why? Because God wants to make everything beautiful through us, his ambassadors. He wants the world to see a life that walks by faith in the midst of the tears. He wants the world to see, although there's darkness all around us, we can have joy in Christ Jesus. And There's something amazingly powerful happens when we, God's people, in love with God, our Redeemer in Jesus, live in joy for him. The world stops and says, there's something different. There's something beautiful. And as his ambassadors, we have the privilege of bringing the beauty of God to the world around us. He says, be joyful, do good as long as you live, and eat and drink and take pleasure in your toil. That's which in the beginning says, everything we work for, it's meaningless, it's empty, it's nothing. But if you're his, if you're in Christ Jesus, if you're forgiven, if you're filled with the Spirit, Everything has meaning. Every single thing you do, there's not one thing you do that says that you do for the Lord will be in vain. Tomorrow matters. Today matters. Your lunch matters. And what you do in God, he says in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, will never be in vain. Lastly, God is outside our time, giving us hope. It's the March Madness time. My boys and I download uh, the brackets, we fill them out, have a little, uh, a little wager on the side uh, who will win. Uh, but again, if I could only have the ability just to kind of step back and see that whole tournament unfold, wouldn't I have the ability to have the winning bracket? You know, I think there's one like one still going on uh, that has a winning bracket so far, at least last night. And here was his philosophy. I don't watch. I filled it out, I don't want to watch, and so far he's the only one in all the thousands of people who have filled out, millions of people who fill out brackets, who's there. Because he can't watch what is happening, because he has no control over it. You know, if God filled out a bracket, he'd win every time. Well, he's God, right, Jeff? Well, no. Because he's outside of time. You see, God God has something that you and I don't have. God has perspective of the beginning and the end. He sees it all. He he knows. I mean he's He's not, only, he's not only governing time, he's not only redeeming time, he's outside of time, so he has the power and the ability to truly help us. And we know this. If it's true that God is the creator of time, governs time, redeems time, and outside time, ready for this? God wins. God wins. No matter what's going on in the world, how dark it is in your life, God wins. His son is going to reign and rule over this earth. Jesus is going to be king of kings and lord of lords. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. God wins. We're on the winning team. And we know it. But sometimes with the world around us, and the seasons that we find ourselves saying, oh my gosh, how do we get out of this? Do you live your life with that kind of hope? I mean, if if, if we know that this is true, we should be able to walk with God Without fear. I'm going have to fear about tomorrow. God's got it. We don't have to fear because God's got us. Every time I get up to preach, I'm begging God to, to use me and speak through me. And I tell you, it's terrifying to stand up and represent God. And last week as I was ready to get up and preach, I'm like, God, I don't know if I got this. But I said, I know that you do. And I know you got me. So here we go. Walk without fear. Have awesome trust with God. Why? Because listen, what God does endures forever, it says. What God does endures forever. God, God alone, matches the eternity in our hearts because he is eternal and the things he does is eternal. I love it. It says, what God does, you can't add to it. And, And what God does, you can't take away from it. I mean, he's God. And time is unfolding in his plan according to his purposes. God's done it rejoice he's gonna get you home rejoice he's gonna get you out of the season rejoice he's for you in christ jesus rejoice yesterday as i was heading to the funeral i decided although i had uh listed for me the directions to the funeral home i thought the easiest thing to do was going to put it into my phone and that way as i drive i could kind of listen to the instructions and just kind of get there um by the way, uh, do you use Apple Maps or Google Maps? Anybody? Which one? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I used Apple Maps uh, this time. usually use Google Maps. It's kind of interesting because I kind of had an idea where the uh, funeral home was and uh, wasn't paying attention much. But, you know, hey, I, 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 got, I got my GPS working, right? I got my phone working. And 500 feet, you'll need to take a right. Okay. Huh, I thought it was going to go the other way. Uh, you know, and another mile and a half turn left. Okay, hmm, all right, I, I'm, I'm going, I'm going. And I mean, I'm in the middle of a residence somewhere in Florida. And I hear you've arrived at your destination. I'm not kidding you. I'm like, oh my goodness. There is no funeral home anywhere around here. When you're in my line of work, you wanna be on time for funerals. It's usually a good thing. You wanna, you wanna make sure that you show up and you know where you're going, right? Right? And all of a sudden, I mean, I mean, it's getting awfully close to starting time. And I want to be there to comfort the family. And I want to I be there to pray with them. And I want to be there to, to, to lead the Lord. And I'm somewhere who knows where I am. You've arrived at your destination. Who do you trust to lead you home? Trust in a God who is outside of time. Trust in a God who has created time. Trust in the God who redeems time. Trust in the God who who is able to stand back from your life. Stand back from what's going on. Because he is outside of time. see the whole picture. that's the beautiful thing about God. He sees the whole picture. And he knows this about you. If you are in Christ Jesus. You're going to make it home. And you're going to make it through this season. And he's never going to leave you nor forsake you. And when you finally hear you've reached your destination, guess whose face you're going to see. Jesus, we can fully trust Him and truly lean on Him. And we, could truly, we have this gift to walk by faith and even in darkness. We have this gift of walking by joy, knowing that He's making everything new and beautiful. We have this gift of walking without fear, that God is with us, that God is for us. And he will never turn his back on us. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the depth of love. (laughs) The depth of love you have for us. That Jesus would come and he would experience every season of our lives. (laughs) All these things that we experience, he experienced it. And you tell us that we have now in Jesus a high priest who, who sympathizes with us. So when we're in the dark, we know that we have a God who gets it. But God, you're so much greater than just sympathizing with us. You fix what's broken. And it's just it's mind-blowing how you have fixed what's broken, and even in our own lives, that you would send your own son in the fullness of time to come and And to experience all of life's brokenness. And through your broken body and your poured out blood. We could be healed. And you make us beautiful. I mean you you see us like, like I saw Kate yesterday in that wedding dress. I mean it's breathtakingly beautiful. Of who we are in Christ Jesus. You said you'd make us beautiful and you have. And yet we live in this time of now you're making it beautiful and we're not yet fully there. And and God, it's hard. I mean, what GPS system do we listen to to get us home? May we listen to you and your word. May we be led by your Holy Spirit. And God, may your people be a people who truly, truly love you so much that even when it's dark and even when the season that we're in, it's just a season of mourning and weeping and brokenness that we know that you're there. And we know that you're good. And we know that you will finish what you start. And we're on the winning team in Christ Jesus. Thank you for the hope we have in you. We pray in Christ's name, amen.